All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the first episode of Views from the Glass. And today I'm honored to have um, a guy I've known, I've gotten to know over the last probably five, five years now between coaching and working. Actually, he is one of my coworkers and uh, my IT guy at work now. Used to be my boss, but now he's IT. So uh, welcome, Tim. How are you doing today? Thank you. Doing well. And I'm liking your background a little bit better than mine. So, yeah. Hey, yours, yours does fine though. You know, you're, you're yeah. in your, your, uh, yeah. Are you in your, uh, your lab? I would call it your skate sharpener. Man lab? cave. Yeah. Your man skate cave. sharpeners over there and got, uh, got the, the shooting, uh, the shooting gallery over to my right here. So yeah, you, I mean, it, it's a hockey hockey building. You're good, man. It is. It's more a hockey building than it is anything else. So, yeah. No, no vehicles parked in it yet. No, not a chance. I don't think it's going to happen for a while either. All right. Um. So I just wanted to ask you how did how did your kids get involved uh, with hockey? I know you have you have two sons that play, correct? Yeah. So I got in '01 and in and in '08. So pretty big spread in between them. And, um, so I, I mean, I grew up playing, playing hockey here in Fond du Lac grew up, uh, it was kind of funny. I was watching the video with, uh, with coach Leibert, uh, and Blick, uh, the other day and his, uh, his hockey career was almost, almost identical to, to mine. We had, uh, McDermott park out here back when they flooded the giant area where you could go out and there's a hundred kids there and pounded down, a a path between the houses to, to go there with me and my two brothers and my sister would go too. So there's four kids yeah. in our families. We, we pounded our way over to the, to the rink over there quite a bit, but my brother started playing hockey first and then I followed suit to play in Fond du Lac. And, and so did my brother he had a kind of uh, uh, a, a weird, uh, a weird career there. I had a couple of years where I didn't play I Had one year where I broke my arm and, uh, all kinds of stuff. So it never really turned out into anything except uh, midget hockey in high school and then some intramurals after that. And, and then in college, I kind of went to college in Minnesota and made my way back here to Wisconsin. And that's when we got the, the, you know, I had kids and got the kids involved in hockey. So um, the old one started a little bit late. He, he actually didn't start skating. I think he was maybe six or seven um, right around the time Ryan was kind of taking over things at the rink. And okay. so he started a little bit late. And then, and then my younger one, the weight, you know, kind of just was a rink rat from there. So he, <laughs> he started really early, four years old, you know, um, he was out there. So, um, so yeah, it kind of yeah. runs in the family. I've, we never played at a high level or anything like that, but it just, you know, yeah. it, and it came from from childhood, I guess. So. That, that's awesome. Just passing down from generation to generation, and hopefully your boys keep that going. Yeah. And I've actually had the coach both of them. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, you can see that throughout the rink. It runs in a lot of families. You, I mean, I, I see a lot of those guys that, that I grew up playing with when I was a kid still today. So uh, it's just kind of the way it is, right? Yeah. So, like, what are, like, one of the, like, big differences you see between, like, your oldest son starting later compared to, like, your uh, your younger son 
you know, starting at a younger age? Like what benefit have you seen with that? Well, I think having the younger one see the older one on the ice is, is helpful, right? There's, yep. uh, there's, a, there's a pretty big gap between them in, in age, but there's still, you know, there's, there's a little competitive spirit there between the two, even, you know, um, little brother sees what older brother's doing and, and wants to copy that as much as possible. Um, so there's some of that, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of your guys' interviews have focused on the change that's taken place in hockey. I'm telling you, even, even from that older one to the younger one, there's, you know, things have changed quite a bit. Um, you know, it was, it was the triple A thing has, has grown, I think over those years, uh, from my first one to my second one, I, it's almost like I, I can put, I have almost two distinct paths through youth hockey. Uh, you know, I mean, as soon as one got to high school, then the other one was kind of going through. So I'm kind of, I can kind of put a divider between those two a little bit. And that older one, the, the triple A hockey wasn't like as, I mean, it was there, you knew it was there, but it wasn't yeah. as, I don't know. It wasn't, wasn't to the forefront like it was with my, with my younger one, I guess. So, um, so that, that's, that's one main difference, but um, I'd say even, even the things you guys have talked about, how the game has changed, how, you know, it, it's, it's changed from a system-based coaching to skill-based coaching. I think that's really evolved over the course of that time too. I mean, ADM came in, came into play during that time and um so even that, I mean, they're, what are they, seven years apart and yeah. it's changed. It's night and day from, from when he went through and cross ice wasn't, wasn't uh, a thing when, when my older one went through either. So, um, so, so yeah, was that, a lot, that, so was that, I, I was think, that difference for like, for you as a parent to like go, you know, with your oldest, you didn't have that cross ice and then to go through that with your youngest, was that something that was difficult to like, comprehend you know because we all love change so much yeah i'll be honest with you I'm, i wasn't uh i wasn't a believer in, in that I, I mean i i, I get it i um, i wasn't a believer in a lot of things i mean my opinion a lot of things that have gone on in this sport has evolved over the years um and i i think i'm big enough to admit that i was wrong about a lot of things too i i just flat out have changed my mind on it um uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that I've completely changed my mind on the cross ice thing, but, um, but I've changed my mind on a lot of things. You know? okay. um, cross ice was hard. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was hard. It just, it just was, but, but I get it. I do get it. So. Yeah. You know, we all, some of us and, you know, like I, I never had, cross ice either growing up so like when I like came back to coaching and just being involved in hockey again too like for me I was like what like like that doesn't make sense but like you said like I've seen some positives to it and like even just like as adults playing three on three small area games like I've seen guys that their game has gotten a lot better for you know like a Sunday night league as, as funny as that sounds so I think it is benefiting the kids no, I, and I, and I, I agree with you. It's not the smaller. I mean, I, I, I don't know why, but I don't, I don't know why. I just, I don't put the cross ice thing in the, in, in the same category as small area games as a parent. Okay. I don't know why I, it, it, 
I, I'm, I'm all for small area games. You see it uh, throughout yeah. everything that, that my older kid's been through and my younger kid. It's, man, it's all about small area games. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. The cro- the, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like I said, I, I definitely kind of evolved my opinion of it. It's, yeah. it's maybe, you know, you can imagine going through an entire season of, of just playing small area games. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's just too much of something, you know, it's, I don't know for so many things I just I'm like you need balance and and maybe that just in my mind wasn't a balanced way to to go through a season but uh, it was hard but I but I get it you know yeah so so yeah and then um you talked about you know your two sons you know and um did, you know like the the AAA and like being more relevant now than it was with um your older son so what are some teams and organizations that your sons have been a part of yeah so Cade um, my oldest one went through um, the Fond du Lac club so he played tier two his entire way through um, you know ended up on on wheel teams uh, towards the end of it uh, some really good ones um, great teams um, and then played for springs for high school so no triple a for him uh, except he summer uh, camps and teams and things like that so um, so that's where he kind of was and then um, my younger one started out at um, the club in Fond du Lac doing learn to skate with Blick and all that and I, I helped out as much as I could up until uh, was he a squirt after his squirt minor year he left to go to the junior admirals um, so he's played the last two okay. seasons there just finished up his Pee minor season there. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, I, you know, it, I don't, there, there's a lot of things that went into that decision to go, but it was, um, I, I think the, the club in Fond du Lac is changing a lot to be more like those AAA clubs though, is focus on skill and things like that. So, um, yeah, and, and even that, uh, you know, my, my thoughts about cross ice and then and then going to a program that's just really focused on skill, that's it's hard sometimes too. It's It goes back to that balance thing, you know. It, there's some great things about it, and then there's some things that you're like, ah, wish I would have gone for a win here and there, and, you know. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, and I think it, it still was the right decision. I had really good coaching over there. Um a young guy that really focused on, on skill and, and uh, it's been a, it's, it's been a great experience. So. No, that's good. Perfect. And, you know, everyone has a different path to play and I hope, you know, everyone's hoping you're making the right choice for your kids and that's all you can do. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't know for a long time either. So. Yeah. And kind of elaborating on what what you kind of just said, um, what are you looking for, like in a coach or organization when you go there? Like, yeah. I, so I know actually in your interview, when was that? Um, last Friday. That the, yeah. Last Friday. Um, they talk about the parent and non-parent coaching. I mean, that's yeah. one of the things that really got me over there was that non-parent coaching. I, I think if, you know, I think in an ideal world, I think even you guys, when you really, you know, nail it down, I, 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 th- I still say that 99% of the time you're better off with a non-parent coach. Um, I, I understand that that's yeah. extremely difficult. 
Um, you see it throughout baseball. So my younger one's big into baseball as well. So you see it, it everywhere. And it's extremely difficult um, to get that type of commitment from somebody that doesn't have a kid on the team. So it, yeah. it totally makes sense. Uh, but in this case, going to the Admirals, there was a non-parent coach. So I, I just, I think you're better off with a non-parent. It's not, it's not a hundred percent across the board, uh, but, but that's, that was, that was honestly, it was one of the selling points of going down yeah. to Milwaukee. So um, kind of trying to think back to all those really good successful teams that either I was a part of or my kids have been a part of and what kind of made those coaches great. But um, the really good coaches seem to always connect with the kids. Uh, They, you know, and honestly, they probably don't only connect with the kids. They connect with the parents. They're always on the same page, right. Through all uh, top to bottom. And and I think at 10 years old kind of said this to you before, it's like, whether you like it or not, the parents are part of the equation. And and I think it's important they connect with with all of them and and realize too that every kid is different. So that's that's hard to do. Um, yeah. Extremely hard to do. Uh, they all have different personalities, including the parents that might be, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. and including right. myself, right? That might be right out there for you, right? <laughs> you're not you're not always going to connect with everybody on this, you know, deep level, including the kids. But you know, the more that you can get everybody on the same page, I think. I think the better the experience is, it just, it, it, you know, top to bottom, I think you put a better product on the ice when you connect at that really deep level as much as you can. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm yeah. a big believer too. like, you know, when, when like the kids all play well together and, and they're a tight knit group and the parents are a tight knit group off the ice, you know, it, it shows on the ice with the kids as well, because, you know, the kids see the parents interact and they're getting all along. So I think that translates to the kids as well. It does. I mean, I've often kind of played this through my mind, what comes first, the chicken or the egg in that equation. But I'm telling you, every really good, successful team, and whether and that doesn't mean they went out in one state. It just – it means no. they were just – you know, they were just a good team. I, but every one of them I can think of, not only myself being a part of, but my kids being a part of, they're, they're just – like from the parents on down, they were in lockstep. And – how you do that, I, I don't know how you do that, but I think some people have, some coaches have a knack for it. And, um, you know, it, honestly, it's part of why I, I never, I always wanted, I'd help out as much as I could, right? I never played hockey to a high level by any means. I, I love to open the door here and there, push some pucks and cones around, but I knew that about myself. I'm just not, I'm, I'm not that guy, right? I it just, I'm not, I, um, and, and that's kind of why I just, I, I like watching the game from, from the, from the stands or from the glass rather than, rather than behind the bench, because I just don't have the, I just don't think I ever had the personality to do that. I think it takes a special person and, you know, and I, and I get it. I mean, these guys are putting in a lot of time and stuff like that, but, um, but I was thinking, you know, you and I've talked before too, about like, if you can, if you as a coach can look at yourself in the mirror and know that you have, deficiencies you should be getting an assistant coach that fills some of those gaps so um yeah I mean it's it's hard finding that complete package I think so yeah no absolutely like you said and like that's one thing we've talked about on the um using the bench side is you know like as a head coach 
you know, knowing your weaknesses and finding an assistant coach with, you know, that has strong, those strong assets that you, that you lack. And I think that is what makes a good coaching staff is when you can have that balance. Yeah. I mean, it takes, it takes, I mean, you gotta be good at looking inside though, man. And just yeah. a lot of people aren't right. And, and, um, you know, as many great coaches as there are out there, there's, you know, let's be honest, there's, there's some not so great ones and yeah. um, being a little introspective and, uh, you know, be, being able to look yourself in the mirror, I think would help. And it would take some of these guys from one level to another and it'd be nice to, to see that happen more often. And I do think along those lines, you get a really good high level coach, a guy that played college, played pro, whatever, um, really good skills coach, really good X's and O's. Um, but I see them more times than not. And this is, you know, this is my opinion just from the yeah. sideline, but I see yeah, them absolutely. more times than not kind of failing on the mental side of the game. And it's like, you just hope that they keep up on everything as much as they can. I know it's, it's not easy to do, but there's a lot of great books, a lot of good YouTube videos out there, a lot of, a lot of great material out there that kind of, make you more of a rounded coach, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, and kind of piggybacking off of, you know, talking about great coaches and their teams that you've been a part of, um, what are some things that like those teams have done to bond, you know, to bring that bond tight? Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. I know, well, with, with my younger kids team, last year they did – um, so we always do one bus trip, um, which is always, yeah. it's fun. You know, we, we, I think last year we did the bus trip earlier and I think it was actually specific to like a bonding experience. We did it um, right away early in the season. We went to Cleveland. So that was, I think that was great. It kind of, kind of gets everything going and gelled for the season. A few new players, a few new faces, yeah. uh, get to know each other. Um uh, I think the year before that was a little later, but we, you know, we did some, we did the, you know, some off ice stuff, bowling, go out for pizza yeah. and, and beers and stuff like that with the parents and whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I wish they did more of that. It's, I don't think it was anything that is almost like, you know, call it what it is, call it a bonding experience, do whatever. Yeah. And we just didn't do a lot of that, but with, with the admirals we're like with each other all the time so maybe they just yeah. didn't feel need to do that but I think I think I saw more of that type of stuff at the club level where the parents would be you know specifically hey we're gonna all go out and this is bonding right we're gonna go bowling and yeah whatever so yeah um, absolutely nothing really nothing really crazy we did do we did do one year we went to a tournament and stayed at a um stayed at a trampoline trampoline park uh, water oh, park. Wow. Oh my God. It made for an awful weekend of hockey, but that was a, uh, that was some good, <laughs> that was some good bonding that went on there. So. Yeah. You know, as long as they're having fun, right? Yeah. Oh man. They had, they had fun. I think everybody had fun for that one. So. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, you kind of touched on it earlier too, but um, what are some behaviors that you look for that you think make, a, you know, a great coach? Um, so 
behaviors that make a great coach, I think some of it is knowing when to be quiet, right? I, I don't, uh, and maybe, maybe it's easier for me to focus on what I don't like in certain coaches, but, um, uh, you know, there's, and I think I've sent, I, I think I've sent this clip to every single coach that has ever coached any of my kids sports team is, is that clip from Guy Godowski, um, basically saying how when the puck drops, uh, the coach's job is way overrated, but it's way underrated in practice. Um, and then he goes on to explain a story uh, of an NHL or a former, a former NHLer that he played with that was really annoyed by this coach on the minor league side yelling at him when he had the puck. And it's a great story. It's, it's like a minute and a half clip, and I love that clip. I've sent it to Ryan. I think I've sent it to you in years past. Um, yeah. But it, I don't know. That was in 2012. That clip was from, that, that clip was eight years old already. And it was something that, and I think I was probably still coach, you know, assistant coaching um, probably for my younger ones team or baseball and all that. It, it really sunk in with me. I don't know why, but, but literally from the time I really uh, saw that clip and then, there's some other things that I read that reinforced what he was saying there. Um, it really made me, made me rethink how I even was on the bench. It's like, like just shut your mouth, just shut your mouth and let them play the game. And, and that's kind of how I went, you know, can, can you imagine even trying to hit a baseball and like parents are chirping, you know, get your bat up and put your yeah. elbow up. And it just makes it all that much more difficult. And it's like, it's like, just let them play let them play. You'll have another practice next week. Um, you know, and, and what I'm talking about there is those little minute instructions that you hear, that you hear coaches say, go D to D, go to D to D to D. And, and Guy Godowski actually says that in the clip, um, you know, up the boards, up the board, up the middle and all that stuff. And it's just, but you see it all the time, you know, hang out at a rink one day and 80% of the coaches are doing it. And it's, it's something that I just really, I, I just can't stand. I, I just can't. It's, I think you're depriving the kids of an opportunity to learn on their own. And basically that clip kind of points it out, but there's been, there, there's quite a bit written about it too. That, that and I, I wish coaches would stay up on that stuff sometimes, you know? So, um, yeah, I, you know, well, you, you, I, I know you you've told me a lifelong it, learner. So. No, absolutely. And I know you, you and I have talked about that in length and like, I, I, you know, as a young coach myself, I've been guilty, you know, to tell a player, Hey, hit, you know, hit the wide guy or, you know, to do something with the puck. And then they turn back around and look at you. Yeah. And now the play has been disrupted and you no longer have the puck anymore. So like, that's one thing I've taken away from you in our conversations is actually trying to, shut my mouth when I'm on the bench and then take them when they get off the bench to coach them quick, you know, give them that knowledge or like, yeah. Hey, did you see that you, you know, you had that option over here instead of, and like you said, letting them learn in that moment. I'm guilty of it too. Guilty as charged, man. I, you know, I, I think it might've been when you were on the bench with me, that squared eight year, we have a video of something like that happening with one of our kids, almost exactly what you just stated. They looked at the bench 
and, yeah. and the puck is is down the ice and I'm like oh man it's it just really highlights the I think I think what he says in that clip is is uh hockey is a read and react not listen and react um sport and and I'm like man it just I don't know why it just it, it all sunk home for me and I just I'm still like, like I said, I am guilty of a lot of things. So it's not, I'm not sitting here saying, saying, uh, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm an angel when it comes to this stuff. Wow. It, it really sunk home. And uh, it's, it's been, it's been kind of a pet peeve of mine ever since I saw that video clip. And like I said, there's, there's tons of other research. There's tons of books. Um, A lot of them talk about exactly that. Basically just, you know, being quiet and, and really some of it has to do with, with making it a safe environment for the kids to make, make mistakes. You know, you can't, you can't jump all over them for making a mistake when they were trying to do something. There's gotta be a safe place for them to make mistakes and try new things and be imaginative, imaginative and creative and things like that. And if you jump all over them, you're kind of, you're kind of killing that for them. So Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think like, like I said, I was, I've been guilty of it too. And I think the hard thing is like you see the game, you know, from that vantage point where you're like, just make that pass right there. You know what I mean? And like you get caught up yeah. in the moment and you just want them to be successful that you, you know, you're just trying to help them out when really you're just hurting them. And Absolutely. That's- Cause it goes, it, it, it goes the other way too. I mean, when you're not on the bench and you're all over your kid um, when they're done with the game. I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing. And, and wow, I mean, I'm guilty as charged on the older one for that one. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, uh, uh, you know, it, it took me, uh, it, it took me trying to figure out my older one to kind of really dive into uh, some of this stuff. Um, my older one. And I, I mean, I think you'd agree you were around my older kid, enough and I think Ryan would agree that there was there was flashes of wow like there might be something there right in in Mm. practice and things like that that never never really seemed to materialize in games not all I mean that's not always the case he you know he's he's a good player it's just there there was there was certain yeah there were certain things he did in practice where you're like wow you know that if he could if he could do that in a game man he'd he'd be set right and it just never translated. So I kind of went on this path of, of reading a lot of uh, sports psychology books and psychology today. Like I, I did, because I was like, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. And I'll be honest with you, almost everything I read pointed to me as the parent being a major part of the problem. And that's where I'm like, I'm guilty as charged with a lot of this stuff. But after reading a lot of that stuff, I did. I backed off of both my older one and my younger one. I don't say a word to them about their play. It's that's their world. And I just try not to get in the way of that and just try to enjoy it. Um, and again, I'm not, not a hundred percent perfect, but I've, I've, uh, I've definitely evolved as a parent when it comes to that stuff too. And there's probably people that'll see this video and be like, well, I remember the time. And I'm like, yep. Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. Guilty as charged. But, uh, but I've come, but I think I've come a long way. I've grown up quite a bit uh, over the course of, uh, of two kids uh, youth hockey careers so far. So. 
Well, yeah. And that's an excellent point that you bring up, you know, like you researching and learning and realizing you're the problem. And like we always say as coaches, we're always, you know, learning about ourselves and learning new things about the game. And as a parent, you just, you did the same thing. Like you, you're always evolving too as a parent in the game, which I think is great. And you're like, yeah. And I, I I think that's why I kind of said, like, I think a great hockey coach or baseball coach or any sports coach is a lifelong learner of this stuff, honestly. And I know people would disagree with me, but I think the worst thing USA hockey could do is stop the requirement for these coaching clinics at, at level four. I, I think all these coaches should be going to a clinic every single year. There's, there's some that desperately need it. And, um, and, and to be honest, there's some that don't, right. That there's some that don't, but, um, but why you could go four years in a row and get it and then go coach for another 15 is a little baffling to me. I think, I think this is something that they should require every single year. Um, that's my opinion. <laughs> so you touched on that a little bit, but I just want to dive into a little bit more. So like now, I guess, let me rephrase this. How are you, how have you changed your ways between your two, two sons playing the game in the stands? Like how have you seen your behavior change? Well, there again, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent perfect there. I, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm much more competitive than I think people realize. So I take them off guard a little bit here and there. And I, but I try not to, but I, I was, I was the epitome of an awful hockey parent. Um, when my older one kind of started, I, 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 you know, I fully admit it. I'm not proud of that, but it's just, it, it is what it is. What are you going to do about it? Right. It's, it's yeah. done. Um, <laughs> But a lot of that, a lot of that research or reading and stuff that I did actually, um, I don't know, let's say I ratcheted back maybe 60, 70%, maybe 80% sometimes depending on the situation. So um, I tend to, I tend to not hang out with the parents because that's where some of the stuff kind of really can get. That mob mentality. yeah, I I try to stick to my little corner of the glass where I can see the whole game and, and just uh, I don't know I I mumble stuff to myself during any sporting event so I don't want to be near anybody anyway because I never know I you know I'm not I'm not screaming and yelling banging on the glass anymore maybe when I was younger I would have done that but um, but I definitely have uh, toned it down I a lot of games I just I won't even say a word but. I think it's very situational, right? You can, you put a big game out there, you put that in context, a big important game for a tournament or whatever. Yeah. I might, might let, (laughs) might let my competitive spirits get the best of me here and there. But, but I think I've, uh, I've, uh, I've toned it back uh, quite a bit. Most of that honestly is surrounding that whole thing. We talked about how, you know, it's the kids, it's the kids game. You know, I, yeah. I can't just be all over them. You know, they jump off the ice and you're like, why, why didn't, what, what were you thinking here? Like you should have done this rather than that. And, and that type of thing. So I've just, I've backed off to the point now with my younger one. I, I don't say a single word about the actual game unless he brings it up. And, and you know, what's weird. He rarely ever, brings it up he, he he just doesn't he, it's it's not uh yeah. it's not yeah. usually part of the conversation so 
Oh, and I, I think that's, I think that's great. You know what I mean? Like you let him have his, that, that those are his moments. And if he wants to bring them up, he'll bring them up. And if not, you're, you're like, all right, cool, man. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's especially, you know, you get into X's and O's and, you know, you'd be saying something that you don't want to, the coach is trying to coach him the exact opposite. I'm like, I, I still, like, I still can put myself in his shoes from when I was, you know, nine, 10, 11 year, years yeah. old. And I think back to that time and I thought that was, it was the most confusing sport ever because you had maybe three, sometimes maybe more coaches on the ice and you'd, you know, you'd be getting a different message from each one of them and things like yeah, that. You imagine just throwing your parent into that too. It's just, I don't do, especially the X's and O's. No, not, not a chance. I mean, if, if, it, if he brings it up, I'll just, you know, Hey, what did the coach want you to do there? You know, but I will yeah. not bring it up. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, I think that's the right way to approach it as a coach. Appreciate yeah, I mean, that. You see and you've that. been a coach as well, so you understand it. Right. You see the, uh, the whole, the whole thing about like, just, I love to watch you play kind of thing and just leave it at that. It's kind of the mentality I've taken. Um, Cause I do, you know, I, I mean, it's my favorite thing in the world, man, watching them play. And I think most parents could say that, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. But it's probably youth hockey in general. So when when my younger one doesn't have anything for the weekend, I always go to the rink and watch youth hockey for the weekend. I enjoy, I think, watching youth hockey more than I do pro or college. I don't know what it is, but I'll basically spend the whole weekend watching it. And I just, I just love to watch it. So, <laughs> I, I love how you referred to him as the rink rat earlier in the interview, but I really think – he learned that from you because I think might be, you might be the rink rat, Tim. Might be. He's a pretty popular guy around there though. I mean, he knows everybody. I'm like, who's that? And so, I mean, he knows, I don't know. I don't know who they are. So. I mean, once he walks through the doors, the rink has him now, you know, I, I, I right. love that quote from you. <laughs> and yeah, that, the rink owns him. Yeah. There was a, <laughs> there was a really good story we can get into in another interview on, on, what happened there so yeah. <laughs> and then flipping it on the flip side about uh the parents in the stands what are some things that you are just in shock of that you've seen from like an opposing team parents yeah so um i've never seen anything that's like youtube worthy to be <laughs> honest I, I just i haven't i've i've never seen that but i can tell you in this again this is my my opinion over two years of triple a uh, versus all those years at, at club is the triple A parents are a little bit more reserved. You don't see that. You don't, I don't see that as much. And, and again, that can be, that can be uh, an overgeneralization of that um, because there are some big games and some big moments in games and things like that, mm -hmm. where I've seen some stuff, but I like, I've never seen, I've, I've never seen anything where I'm like, I got to take my camera out for this. <laughs> so, um, you know, the last time I saw anything that was actually camera worthy, I was in the game up in Green Bay where parents got in a fight and they basically the cops came and kicked everybody out, but I've never seen anything like that. Jeez. So um, there's, you know, and that's part of the reason why I don't like being in the stands though either. Like you said, yeah. mob, mob mentality. And, <laughs> you know, that's where some of the chirping goes on and stuff like that. And I just, uh, I don't know. I, I'd just rather not be around it, I guess. So, yeah, and like, 
when I go watch like my cousins or just, you know, anyone go to a youth game and I sit in the stands with my aunts and uncles and like after like two periods, I, I just turn around and I go to my aunt and uncle. I'm like, how do you guys do this every game? Like it is, it's just ridiculous. Some of the things you hear like parents say, like, and I'm like that, no, like that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you say that? Like, I know why a lot of people stand yeah. in the black corner. Like I, that's how I like to be when I go watch a game by myself on the piece of glass or with one or two other people. It is. And I, I, but honestly, Grant, I find myself watching almost all sports like that. I don't like watching the Packer game with a whole bunch of people either. I, I just like, you know, going off to my corner and, and watching the game, but you're right. There is uh, you know, there's, there's some of that that goes on in the stands. Like, Hey, I'm going to make a comment loud enough for like the five yeah. or six people around me to hear and, you know, they're just trying to get out under your skin. There's some of that that goes on, but um, yeah, I mean, you just kind of stay away from it that way. I mean, sometimes you can't sit on the glass though, too. I mean, I've, I've had to, I've had to sit in, in the stands yeah. uh, even when I don't really want to. Um, and this stuff always, <laughs> it, it always, right. Yeah. Try, try yeah. my best to, uh, to have my, uh, my reformed self uh, up in the stands and, and, reserve uh, the comments back but you know, uh, you know again i'm a competitive guy it's, it's not 100 percent there so oh yeah yeah i've had to bite my tongue too especially when i go watch my cousins and i don't really know anyone besides my aunt and uncle i just like wow like just bite my tongue and just wow like yeah but, yeah it's yeah i mean i get it. everyone's competitive and i mean i'm competitive too i'm sure there's times where people are like wow did he really just say that himself so i mean you know, I mean, we're all, I think we're all guilty to a degree, but for the most part, you know, we keep it bottled up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it wasn't so easy when I was younger. It's easier. It's easier when you get older, you'll find that out. All right. Bigger. Perfect. perfect. Yeah. And then uh, one final question, Tim, um, what are the best memories you've had with your sons when it comes to hockey? Um, well, you know, watching your interview, you stole a little bit of the thunder there from my younger one. Um, that, cause that was amazing. The, uh, the roughly 2000 people watching a yeah. squirt a game. Um, yeah. at, and, and I think you could have actually gone a little further on that. Wasn't that the third overtime game that day? And ours, our team was, were two of them, right? Yeah. I think we, we were the second, third overtime game of the day. And that's yeah. like our game's late to begin with and like and then like our game went into three overtimes I think that's why we got you know 2,000 people there to watch these 10 year olds but yeah it was great I was in the stands for that game and I'm sitting there watching the game and as the game went on my seat became like smaller and smaller and smaller and there I was standing where I basically didn't have any room between, I mean, my leg, my right leg was hitting a person and my left leg was hitting a person. It was packed in there. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. I did. I, and, and I didn't want to make that my favorite because honestly, because first of all, you already took it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But all right. Second of all, I just want to make sure that like everybody knows, like, well, we did lose that game in overtime, but, um, yeah. but I had a lot of fun actually taking him to a tournament. So we went over to Minnesota he played with uh, kids that were a year older than him just as a fill-in. They were short some players, and it was the lower-level tournament. So we went over to Minnesota, and he wasn't – he didn't really know a lot of the guys, and he wasn't real thrilled about doing the tournament. So I said, hey, I'll, let's blow some sky miles. So I blew <laughs> sky miles 
we flew over there and so we we uh we walked into the car rental place and i'm like it's your pick and he's like seriously yep it's your pick just any car you want it's yours right so he picked <laughs> out like a like a dodge charger to drive around for the weekend <laughs> it was it was pretty cool and we didn't win a single game that weekend but he competed against kids that were bigger than him a year older than him he played outstanding and you know, like I said, didn't win a game, but he played outstanding, and I ha- I had a blast. So that's, that's I think, awesome. I think ultimately he did too. But um, and then I, I got to throw something in there for my older kid too. So my older kid was the tier two nationals. That was awesome. I mean, um, just yeah. outside of New York City, um, it was just a great experience. The venue was fantastic, and you know, really good hockey. All I think I think almost every game they played was a one goal game, whether it was yeah. a win or a loss. So it was, it was just awesome. The traveling, um, as much as it might kind of wear on you at the end of the year, um, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah. One trade for the world, right? Absolutely not. Uh, that's awesome, Tim. Uh, appreciate you coming on and, uh, thanks for the interview and, uh, hope we get back to hockey soon. Cause I know you're Jones in for it. I am. I am. And th- thanks for having me. And, and, tell Ryan and everybody over at the HF these video series have been awesome I I've I've I think I've watched almost all of them um they, they've been great honestly it kind of um it doesn't make me miss the rink though tell them that though okay. this you know it doesn't doesn't kind of it doesn't fill the gap that's missing right now but uh it's helping but, it, but it's it's a close second how about that? okay all right. all right well I'll let those guys know how much you appreciate everything and uh Thanks again, Tim, and uh, I'll see you at work. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Grant. Hold on here.